You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. Our words are powerful and affect the perspective from which we view our lives. Everything we say is training our brain to look for that in our life. What kind of world are you creating with your words? Hello, everyone. Happy Monday or whatever day it is that you're tuning in to us on the couch. My name is Lextopia. Welcome to the couch here with CC Fierce. Slash Carly Carpio on Twitter. Um, I actually tried to switch over my Instagram so it was the same, but then like I didn't have the password and so now I can't use my name. It's just like a... You didn't have the password to what? Well, like I did it. I signed in, but then Instagram did this like the extra verification thing and it kicked me out. And then I I verifications are kicking my butt these days. (laughs) They be doing so much. Like I just want to get into my email or like whatever platform without having to have 20 codes go into like old phone numbers or places you can't access or um, go to your other device and look at this. And it's like, bro, it's it's interesting that like we're super connected, but also it's like it's unfortunate that we have to have so many um, precautions in place, I guess, for people like trying to get into your account and stuff like that. Yeah, it is unfortunate. And Google definitely be coming for the jugular anytime you sign on on anything new. Like they ready. Right. They hitting up it's your email. Much. They texting. They just <laughs> doing a lot. But anyway, so that's why I have two social media names. Long story longer. Um, I'm super hype about this week's episode for a few reasons. Um, the first is that it's our 200th episode. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Shout out yeah, to us. <laughs> 200 episodes in, which is awesome. That's 200 weeks. Straight, baby. 200 Straight. weeks. Straight. So shout out to us. Shout out to y'all for still being here and listening. Um, we actually have a, a review this week, so I'm excited about that or a comment um, from Celine. She said, found y'all on TikTok, and I love it. This was the first episode I heard talking about the softer life, and I love it. It's much needed. Really good content. Keep it up, loves. Thank you, Celine. And then for everybody else, if you haven't left a comment or a review in a while, or if you are a new listener, we do have quite a few new listeners and subscribers. Please go to iTunes, not iTunes, it's Apple Apple Podcasts now. Yeah, Apple Podcasts and leave us a five stars, leave us a review, um, and we'd be happy to read those on the show as well. Yeah, because we appreciate y'all growing with us. Um, Lexi, how important is our language, like the language we use in our everyday lives? Um, By that you mean like our choice of words? Mm -hmm. I think that the choice of words we use is fairly important. Um, Am I supposed to go further with that or? I mean, if you want to, or you can just leave it at fairly important. (laughs) I think it's fairly important. Why are you asking? Uh, Because that's what we're talking about today is how important our words actually are. Um, We always talk about how our perspective is how we literally create the world around us and our Mm. words. We hear everything that we say all day. Your body hears it. Your brain hears it. And scientifically, it's important because we start to internalize those things, whether we notice we do or not. Um, And that's kind of what inspired like me wanting to do this episode today about our words. And you said your perspective creates your world around you. So can you go more into that? Mm -hmm. Meaning, um... I find uh, $20 on the ground. I'm like, I only found $20 today. Like, that sucks. Normally I find more. Or I could be like, man, I found $20 today. That's lunch. And it's just a slight difference in the perception of something 
Um, but that really shapes our emotions and how we react to situations. And that's a very random ass example. But when you think about like, oh, um, you know, I got fired from this company. Like, yeah, that really sucks. I got fired. But wow, now I now I can move to Argentina. I've been wanting to move forever. And, and look, the way we look at things and our perspective really does shape our entire world. Mm-hmm. I agree that your perspective on things for sure shapes your emotions, your mood. Like if you're in a state of like, Uh, gratitude or contentment versus if you're in a state of lack or, uh, you know, feeling miserable or sad about things. Um, But also, what's the differences here in um, us saying like, oh, we should try to flip every situation into like a positive or getting into toxic positivity or some of those things um, as opposed to it being like the language that's the reason or, like, the language that's important? Like, what's the difference between us saying, like, watch your language and then us also at the same time believing, because we talked about this before, that you you don't have to try to sugarcoat everything? Yeah, so when I say watch your language, I don't mean, like, lie to yourself about every situation. And we'll get into some, like, some examples you can use at work that you can notice in your everyday talk about yourself and relationships, et cetera. But what I mean is like noticing how we talk about everything every day. So really just looking at the words we choose every day, not just in bad situations, like when stuff sucks, because life is sometimes hard. And and that's a fact. And it just kind of is what it is. And so it's not saying like, even in those moments, you can't use negative words. It's if 90% of the words you use every day are negative, that's super affecting how you're showing up in your life. And you should probably change those things. So it's your everyday language. Yeah. And one thing you said, or that you inferred maybe is, I think one of the most important things that when we're talking talking about watching your language and watching what you say we're not talking about flipping situations um because it's not always about negative to positive it's it's literally um more so about how are you viewing things and your perspective um are you respecting yourself are you respecting your work are you respecting you know what I mean things like that it's not necessarily this doesn't have to do with something happened and now how am I gonna look at it Um, So I think that's important for us to put out there. Um, And for me, I think that I don't know how I feel about, which it seems like you might believe this, but I don't know exactly how I feel about uh, specifically saying that our language, like, makes the things happen. But I do for sure uh, understand and experience that the outlook can have you in a better place and there is something about coming from a better place or a different place that you tend to see more or see things a little differently um, and be open to receiving as opposed to a kind of feeling like certain language shuts things out or like keeps things from growing. Um, I don't know, again, if that's the cause of it, but like it's, it's the space that you're in. So that's kind of like how I feel about language and the connection with action and like the secret and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, and I, and I agree with what you're saying, absolutely. Um, I am more in the camp of, like, our, it really does create things, mm-hmm. and our words have so much power, like the words that we say. And the reason I say that is, like, our brains are wonderful instruments. They're great tools. And if you tell my brain, if you, like, wake up and, like, oh, I got to go to work again, every day sucks, your mm-hmm. brain is going to look for everything that sucks. It's like um, reticular activation system. If, you, if you're, like, man, I want to, you know, you start thinking, I want to buy, you know, a red Range Rover and you start seeing them everywhere. It's your brain looking for those things that you say. And so I think there is mm-hmm. something too, very scientifically, 
the basic words that we use for things and how we even describe things that we start to look for it in our life. And then it becomes kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy in a sense. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's more um, when it's coming from more of like a negative space, maybe it's more subconscious that you're not thinking about um, like that your brain tries to make those things happen or or looks for those things. Um, Whereas I feel like when you're, I don't know, maybe it's still subconscious that you see the positive ones too. Um, but I, I feel like if you, when you're more open to it, you're just not like as clouded by the negative things. Um, exactly. Do you have an example of a time that you recognized how your language was affecting a particular like situation or anything specific like that? Yeah, I, I could be here all day, but I won't be because I respect all of our time. Um, the one I would say is top of mind is my relationship with my mom. Um, you know, cause it's been rocky. We're both growing as people and we, you know, had some things to grow through. And I remember there was a time when I would, every time she would call, I'd be like, uh, it's always something new with her. You know what I'm saying? And I would think that and say that and be talking mm-hmm. to my friends about it. And then it was always something, you know what I'm saying? Like whatever energy I'm bringing to the situation, whatever words I was using to describe it were, then I challenged myself to be curious. And so instead of using those same words, like she always does this, or oh my God, is you know, she's always complaining or whatever. I just allow myself to be curious what could be the situation. So I'd be like, man, I wonder what, you know, how my mom is feeling today. And in that space that I gave her, and I don't know if it's self-fulfilling prophecy or just me opening up my mind to new possibilities, like it wasn't always like that anymore. Like even the words that I used to describe her just by changing how I would talk about her in our relationship. Mm, that is a good example. Who are you talking to her about, though? Um, it would be, like, my best friend, um, mm. you know, because her and her mom have, have had a difficult relationship in the past, and so it was something we could talk about with each other. Or, you know, like, with the partners or stuff, and they'd, like, ask, oh, how's your mom? And I'm like, oh, she's always complaining about something. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, and so then when I changed it, but even to myself, like, even the thoughts that I would think about it, mm-hmm. like, whenever I would see that. That's a big place to watch your language, too, where sometimes it just happens before you're really thinking too hard about it is, like, when people ask you how something's going, like, they ask you how a person is or ask you how you are or, like, how's work going or, you know, I feel like a lot of times people tend to go towards, like, a negative maybe um, and or... Yeah, like, it just kind of shows, like, that's where your mind is. So this really also shows, I mean, obviously your language is, it starts in the mind, but um, it sounds like you had to consciously or, like, with intent first look at how you're thinking about things and then you kind of had it in, like, a negative cycle mm-hmm. um, and then giving it a chance to get out of that disappointment loop by uh, saying something different, which allowed you to at least think about something different. Or maybe the thinking came first and the language next, Um but you have to be intentional about both of them and how they connect. Um, so, of course, as always, thinking about this week, like with your language, when people ask you a question, um, taking that pause or hearing what you had to say first and then thinking about, you know, what language you're using and how you could maybe say things differently. And then I think um, Carly has a whole lot of examples. So I know I'm taking up too much time probably at the top of the episode about this. Um, but we probably can get right to some examples after this because it's very slight sometimes. It's not necessarily um, that we're saying, you know, you have to, like, completely change what you're saying. But, like, it's it's those slight words. There's some words you can look for. And when you catch yourself saying them, recognizing that that might be limiting or or negative, et cetera. Uh, for me, one of the ways that language has affected 
my life as far as work, of course, is like over the years, I've definitely gained much more confidence in my work and talking about my work. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to talk about something that you're not really very feel very sure about or or maybe not even feel not feeling sure, but like you don't claim like, you know, what it's doing or, or the positive about it. Um, and so I've gotten caught where people uh, have told me, like, don't call that little. Like when I say like, oh, yeah, you know, I got a little, little thing I'm working on. Um, or if, um, you know, people ask me about a question about work or business and, you know, you might kind of downplay it or whatever. So there's just different things that I've noticed that when I talk about things differently, um, A, I'm showing more confidence. B, the other person like actually believes in me a little more, is excited for you, et cetera. And it also allows you to feel good about, like, the work you're actually doing. So um, that would be my example. Um, one thing that Jack Schaefer said is words cannot change reality, but they can change how people perceive reality. Um, they create filters through which people view the world around them. So I think that summarizes kind of um, what I think about how words can affect at least the way that you move through the world because of, your perception being a little bit more open. Mm -hmm. And that's like what's most important. Um, and I loved in your example, you had the point of how people would respond to you differently when you use different words because you are mm -hmm. emitting different energy, you know, using more confidence, not downplaying yourself. So you create space for them to, you know, believe in you, to be excited yeah. about what you're working on and doing. If things. it sounds like you don't care, then people don't care. Um, and I notice that a lot, too, when people talk to me. Um, you know, have you ever gotten a DM where someone's like, I know you wouldn't talk to me, but I just want to tell you. Like, yeah, you're right. Y yeah. And it's like, <laughs> okay, yeah. Why would I like, this is weird. Or I know, I know I'm not good enough, but, and it's like, this is the worst thing ever. Like, <laughs> or even, yeah. even outside the DMs, but like in, even in interviews or like on the teams when you're like working with people and they're like, well, you know, I'm not good at this. And, and, and it's like, oh God. Yeah. Like, just don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you just didn't even have to say that at all. <laughs> exactly. Um, and. I'm a nerd, so I like to do research, and I think you've probably seen this on social media, but if not, there's a Japanese scientist named Masaru Emoto, and um, he started doing these experiments with words and objects. So he did one with snowflakes, he did one with rice, and uh, you can find out more information about him in his books, The Hidden Messages in Water. But um, he spoke to like frozen water um for a period of 24 hours he had his, his two samples and one he spoke words of like i love you peace joy like different words to them and then the other ones he was like you know i hate you fear hate you know he was just using very negatively charged words and so the next day the side that he was speaking love to formed very beautiful like snowflakes like you know that you think of the very intricate designs and how they're all different and very beautiful and that was one and then the other ones there was a noticeable difference. They didn't have any of the intricate designs. They were all gray and clumped up, and they didn't actually form the beautiful snowflakes. And so then he redid that test with some rice. Same thing. I love you, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And then the next day, the I love you rice and then, like, the peaceful rice was all nice and fluffy and white. And then the other rice that he was speaking, like, the hateful words to was all mushy and gray and had, it, had started to form, like, nasty looking things in it and so it's like when you think about that like words really do emit energy and frequencies and power um and so just you know looking that up but if you want to research his name is Masaro Emoto and so now we'll get into some of the um, examples which I think are the most important um and first we'll get into like looking at your own language 
And so whenever we go through these next couple things, like listen to them and see what you notice in your own life and kind of see what resonates with you, because that might be a good starting place to start switching your words. Yeah, so some of the phrases and words you might be using that could show lack, that you don't feel that something is good enough, um, that you don't have enough of it, that you won't have it, et cetera. So if you find yourself talking about um, how, oh, well, he has a good hair, he can do that, or my hair isn't good, or I can't do that with my hair, I can't afford that, well, that's a little too expensive. Or even sometimes you might see this through, like, you kind of downplaying somebody else and what they did. Um saying like oh that's too fancy for me or well I, I don't think I could afford that or yeah well, I can't take a couple of days off because everything will fall apart those types of words um, are putting basically out there that or they're reflecting that you don't feel that you uh, can do something or that w- whatever you're doing or have isn't good enough or they don't have enough um, and so watch that as part of a representation that you're coming from a place of lack Mm-hmm. That's a huge one. And that's actually kind of what got me thinking about this episode. Um, these two. So uh, a very similar one. I was talking to my friend, Coach Ash. She was actually on a podcast. So y'all should look her episode up. But I was like, you know, yeah, I'm working on this little project. Same thing you were talking about. She said, oh, whoa, whoa. We don't we don't do little projects. We, <laughs> not, we don't do that. I need you to fix that. I'm like, damn, you're right. But then even um, even something. What did I say? Someone came over and we were cooking. I was like, oh, yeah, I got the good butter today, you know, because I spent a little extra, got the carry gold. And they were like, well, why is it good? You know, why? Because they've like, I noticed that you use words to make certain things in your life sound good or better than other ones. And then, you know, like, why isn't everything in your life just good? You know, why is it only this or only that? And I was like, oh, man, that's like a big one. Um, Another area to kind of look for in your life is um, areas where you might not be all the way truthful Um, and this might be a whole other episode of things, but like saying things that you don't mean or not, or telling half truths to people, um, kind of like lying about how you feel or what you need might be an area to kind of watch your words. And so if you're lying about how you feel, what is that? Just you kind of either gaslighting yourself or kind of putting yourself out of alignment. I'm I'm guessing. Exactly. Um, Yeah. You're not being, you're not being truthful with like with yourself and with mm -hmm. the people in your life. So it's like, that's an area you should probably watch too. Mm -hmm. Um, Negative language is an obvious one. And there's lots of different ways that you could see that. Um, Another one is when you find yourself using a lot of superlatives, when you're really defining that somebody always does this or you never help me around the house. Um, when you use words that are definite like that or that are like all encompassing or kind of generalizing um, that a person always or never does a thing, then that one, one thing is that um, that discredits all of the times that they may have or that you can or have, et cetera. Um, and another thing is that that doesn't exactly make people feel appreciated. Or again, if you're talking about yourself also, you're really, it's like you're not even really appreciating Um, and you may be kind of pushing away, um, by not showing that appreciation by kind of putting that general statement. So that's one thing to watch in your language as well. Yeah. I I don't like, I don't like superlatives and I try to always catch myself. Um, also noticing how judgmental you are or when you label things. So man, this man, this food is terrible. My day sucked, man. They're lazy. 
I feel worthless. Like, I suck at this. It's like, you know, I'm not good at X. It's like noticing how this definite language even goes into, like, how you label yourself and label, like, what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this in one episode, and I remember the example was, um, like, talking about a movie and saying, like, oh, that movie wasn't good. But it's like, uh, actually, I didn't really enjoy that movie because of whatever. Um, that's a totally different approach to really kind of saying not the same thing, but like it's saying what you really actually feel is that I didn't care for that movie. That wasn't for me Um, as opposed to just that negative energy. Um, I make fun of my brother all the time because everything I say, I hate that. He says that first. And so now now he gets to the point where anytime uh, I'm like, oh, man, uh, we can make this for lunch or something. And he's like, I hate the blah, blah, blah. And then he'll just start laughing because he already recognizes and like, oh, there you go, hopping right back into that mode. <laughs> so it's something that you do, like, kind of just do sometimes. And you don't recognize that you're, you, there's this this energy behind it. It's kind of like grumpiness and kind of like, I'm not happy with my life. I'm not trying to put that all on, like, a person for being, you know, saying those things. But, like, it kind of does channel, like, a type of energy, I feel, where it's just like you're not content. Um, in general sometimes. So if you're that type of person, just watch that. Mm-hmm. Another one, and I was laughing because that was definitely me. I was like, man, that fool was terrible. I'm like, well, actually, like, I didn't have to bring all that negative energy for whatever reason. And to your point, like, I could feel it kind of in my chest. Like, yeah, man, that's su-. you kind of get growly, like it sucked or whatever. And um, you're owning it too much. I think mm-hmm. that's, maybe that was part of that episode. I don't remember. But, like, your your language also keeps things at the distance of, like, it is what it is. I'm not saying you have to be or should be nonchalant or not saying that you can't feel things or be like, this food is disgusting. Like, okay, cool. But um, it's kind of like putting it more, it's not, it's not staying detached from it. And it's not just like letting it be a moment and wipe it away. It kind of drains a little bit more of you. Mm -hmm. It leaves a mark. Um, Another one is if you're always presenting uh, things as problems and never as opportunities, like that's just another area to look at. Like, oh, man, someone messed up the site. This is going to set us back for two weeks. It's like, all right, bro. Like, okay, mm-hmm. if you always, if it's always something, you should probably check mm-hmm. on that too. And then we probably all know people who are like that um, in our, like, work life probably where it's like it seems like sometimes people just always, like, see an issue and it's like, okay, I need you to bring, like, some solutions to this um, or, or, like, come with a different energy just because that also in a group or for your work can bring morale down as well. So that's something to watch. Um, and then lastly, self-deprecating words, which is what we kind of mentioned earlier when I was talking about DMs. Um, you know, sometimes people feel more comfortable making themselves the butt of a joke because then it's like, I'm going to do it before they do. Or I feel like, okay, I can be an ownership of like, I'm the short goofy one or whatever. Um, and kind of fall into those roles, but that also kind of leaves you in that role. Um, I know I'm not good enough, but it's just like, why would you say that? You know? Um, so think about how you're talking, especially about yourself. And if anything, you should be your biggest fan and not the one um, being self-deprecating. Yeah. And that the energy, just the different words bring, like not only being your biggest fan, but also people responding to words. Like there was a lot of scientific research about how even positively phrasing negative situations improves relationships and communication between people. It even imprints mm-hmm. on your brain better. And so now we're going to get into some actual examples of ways yes. to flip Say these this things. instead of that. Exactly. So um, for, let's say, you know, something happened with your car and instead of saying, oh, the damage won't be fixed for a week, say you can pick your car up next week. Mm-hmm. Another thing to do is um, use it in positive words in a negative form instead. 
So say, well, it's not as reasonable as we had hoped instead of saying this is too expensive for us. Um, people react better to positive sounding words, to the way you phrase things. And definitely take notes of this part of the episode because where it's really easier to practice this and put this into play is with your emails or texts. Um, uh, a lot of these things over, I don't know, maybe the last eight months, eight to 12 months, I've been more cautious about how I speak to particular people or in particular relationships um, because I recognize like certain energy I don't necessarily want to put into the conversation. And so I think it's easiest to do this um, with looking at text or with your emails and you start to notice how what you're saying and being like, mm, that's that's not powerful or that's not positive or that's not strong or whatever um, and really practicing saying things better that way so that that was the um, second one mm-hmm. another the third one is to use modifiers to make things seem less or smaller so for example like this will cause a huge problem for us as opposed to saying um, a better way to say that is like that might cause a slight problem for us or that might put a hiccup in our schedule mm-hmm. um, using slight here helps the speaker to be a little bit softer in communicating information and phrases like a bit of sort of kind of might have the same effect. Mm-hmm. If you're not really vibing with somebody making a decision or you want to kind of make a suggestion to improve a situation, um, a better thing to say is, well, wouldn't it be better to do this or couldn't we do this? And honestly, I actually don't even like, wouldn't it be better to, I would say, well, how do you think about, um, or what do you think about this um, as well as an option? Instead of saying, well, we should do this instead or um, obviously and telling somebody that their idea is bad or whatever. But that's a little bit more of a diplomatic way um, to put something else out there and to see if you can get a better reaction. Yeah, and I think those are always great, especially in work situations or whenever there's a problem because it provides an opportunity for more solutions and better solutions. Um, And then just a couple more examples in like personal life, work life, and then even at home. Um, So instead of replying like why not when someone's like hey you want to go uh to dinner why not or you can say sounds good another one is thinking about um what's wrong with saying why not the phrases are meant to be positive but the human brain has a negative bias and so whenever you say things like why not or how how are you i can't complain your brain starts to actually look for those things like oh i could actually complain about this but I'm not. And so they're saying scientifically it's better to to use positive affirmative as opposed to like a negative affirmative. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so instead of like saying, hey, complain, say everything's going well. Thanks. Or, you know, I'm doing pretty well or whatever. And so that helps your brain to not focus on the negative in a situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you actually are in the positive space, mm-hmm. it's like if you are, make yeah. it actually positive. Yep. Um, another thing that's important is when we use too much hyperbole, or when we um, expand the feeling of something, we're like, oh, man, I'm starving. Um, and we're like, I'm exhausted. Or like, you know, we use words like that. And it's like, you ain't nowhere near starving. You had, and this is me, you had like eight donuts two minutes ago. Like, or, um, you know, it's not really that deep. Or sometimes you are exhausted, and that's a just a fact. Um, but a lot of times, think about that. Um, this is something I had come across a long time ago, but like, when you're when you find yourself telling somebody like, "Who I'm exhausted," or talking about how tired you are, like actually stop for a second and think about like, "Oh, can I kind of keep going?" Or I'm not really like out of the way exhausted. Um, but another thing you might you just can say instead of "I'm exhausted" is, "Whoo, I could use some rest," or "I need I need to get a little rest," um, or "I'm feeling tired." But 
not necessarily taking it to a hundred, which we do for storytelling and that's just language in general. Um, but kind of respecting like what things really mean. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that's important. Cause I am like an exaggerator of feelings like, Oh man, I'm, you know, whatever. And it's like, are you really? Yeah. It ain't that deep. <laughs> it ain't that deep, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing. So now switching. And that makes it better too for like when you are, you know what I mean? I feel like everybody's so extra, trying to catch my own words everybody's not always but sometimes people can be real extra when you speak to them and it and it makes it hard to like actually care when it really or no like when they really to differentiate feel. like when someone actually is exhausted yeah. yeah like I feel like um in general maybe you might disagree but like in general I'm because of the way I talk to people like if I actually told them like that I had an issue or something was going on like me even mentioning it in a certain way that they would actually know that that was really something you know that was going on and so I think it's hard just because it's like everybody's just like whoo we all exhausted and everything and it's like yeah to a degree um there's definitely some mental um exhaustion going around it's been a crazy couple of years but also it's like you know when you're speaking to people really be careful about like what you're putting those labels you're putting on that mm -hmm. and I would agree with that. Yeah, I feel like if you said something, I would believe it. Like, words carry weight. And if you always, it's like the boy who cried wolf. If you're always exhausted, then we're not going to know when you actually need some help or something's going on. Yeah, and I want to say one more thing about that, too. Because um, I have a colleague that I literally can, like, I expect it every time they hop into a meeting or, um, you know, I'm seeing them for something about work. It's almost like they put on a, like, as soon as they have me in there, we're like, ooh, y'all. Like, it's always like this, like, like, bro, like, go take a break then. You know what I mean? After a while, it's like, I know it's every time you hop in, it's like, it's almost like, oh, here we go. We're in this meeting. And it's just, I don't, I don't know how to really explain, like, but that, I, that feels like a certain energy where it's like, if you always tired, like, do something different, like. Cause I might be feeling kind of blah about like, I don't want to be in this meeting either, but coming in with it with a different energy completely doesn't make me feel as, as I'm like, you're coming in here looking. Um, so definitely something to pay attention to. Like in certain circumstances, do you always like put on like a oh, kind of vibe or like, uh, you know, whatever that vibe might be. Not saying you have to be extra excited or fake excited. Um, but notice like these tropes we kind of fall into sometimes in different situations. Yeah. Cause we, I think we've all probably been in a space where someone does deflate. It's like the whole energy of the room is like it kind of comes out with either what was me or being tired or things. So just noticing, you know, how it can also affect the people around you. Um, and that then kind of switching into some work examples, um, focusing on what can be done versus like what can't be done is very helpful in a situation. So it's like, Oh man, I forgot. I guess we're screwed. It's like, okay, well actually let me finish it by the end of the day. And next time I'll set a reminder to make sure that it gets done on time or whatever. Although I will add to that, that I, I would prefer to also hear somebody acknowledge that, Oh, I forgot. And then here's what's going to be next. So I would, I wouldn't necessarily put that as like a say this instead of, but um, there is like a point where if something's negative or something hasn't gotten done or whatever, um, you don't have to just like sit there and talk down about yourself for 10 minutes or talk about all the things that happened, whatever, cause nobody cares about that. Um, but you can't acknowledge it mm -hmm. and then, um, let us know like, okay, I'll get it done or I'll set this reminder or whatever. Yeah, definitely own your stuff. Um, another one is, so for example, this is an email. 
Um, instead of saying, unfortunately, it will be impossible to finish the project on time because of the problems that some people are causing submitting their work late, you could just ask, can everyone turn in their portion of the project by Thursday so we can get the work done on time and hit the deadline? Mm -hmm. And that's just a good direct way to speak to people anyway, is asking them, hey, where are we with this? Instead of like, this was due an hour ago or it's due tomorrow, what's going on? Um, that's giving a different type of energy. And email is a is a great place to start practicing like and working on this positive language because you can edit your words before you send them out. Like I know I'm the person who has to go back and take out like two to three exclamation points because um, I am a generally excitable person, but not everybody wants to be, you know, rah-rah in an email. Um, another example is, uh, and this could be either talking to a person or emailing, but hey, uh, sorry, I just kind of wanted to check in on the project, you know, to see if it'll be finished by the end of the week. So instead of approaching something like that, create urgency and use clarity and just say, how's the project coming along? I'm looking forward to, to it getting finished on Friday. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of empowers people too. Um, of just letting, setting an expectation um, that hopefully was agreed upon by everybody. Um, in the home area, um, there's different ways to speak to people. Also, it, we probably should get, um, and I know just who to add on here for that, but we should probably talk to a uh, gentle parenting uh, person because uh, a lot of this and how you speak to others, especially kids or younger people, it can get really hard. Like when you got kids running around all day, ah, being Kids. Not being bad, being kids. See, thank you. Being kids and making a lot of noise and enjoying themselves um, when that may not always, like, go with your flow. Um, that can be – I can imagine. Like, we all understand why why our parents were like, just go go to the other room. Or just like, just shut up. <laughs> or whatever. Outside. Yeah. Yeah, go outside and all that. Like, I get it. I get um, it. But, man, gentle parenting, whew. That's a lot of, to unlearn, and I think it mostly has to do with this language. It has to do with language. It has to do with how does it seem like you're blaming somebody or telling somebody to do something or honoring what they want to do or how they feel. Um, and that doesn't have to be in a way that undermines you as an authority, which is what a lot of people don't understand and don't get about that. Um, so, yeah, some of the home things kind of made me think about that, and maybe uh, that could be a future episode where we have a guest. I would love that. Yeah, but some of the things around the house, um, you know, telling – Asking you, please take that ball outside is different than uh, kind of getting at somebody or yelling at them about, you know, you're always hitting the door with that ball or don't don't throw the ball inside or whatever. Um, another part about that is instead of telling people what you don't want them to do, just basically telling them what you do like or what you do want them to do. Um, because people who respect you and, and want to have a good relationship with you don't, you know, they want to do things that are going to make that space okay. Yeah, and that really shifts the energy from focusing on what you don't want, like don't do that, as opposed to your desired action. Um, and this is good for adults, too, and ups your chances of a positive outcome. Um, another thing that I think is important is, like, again, if y'all are parents, you know, unless the kids are in imminent danger, um, explaining the reason why might help them understand why not to do something. So, for example, instead of saying, no, like, you know, can I have ice cream? No. Say, you know, I know you really like ice cream, but eating too much isn't healthy, you know, and, and talking to them about that. I remember when I was little, we had went to a buffet and I tried to get mashed potatoes, 
of like french fries and something else and my mom was like nah dog you can't have three types of potatoes <laughs> and I was like why I like potatoes and she was like well because these are all carbs and your body needs different things to help you function you know and so it was like this teaching moment again I wasn't about to die so she, you know what I'm saying she couldn't say she could like take the time and explain things to me but then I thought about it as I got older and I would try to make my plates more balanced as opposed to just like potato 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 even though potatoes are delightful that's definitely not something like kids don't care if you're like oh it's not too it's not healthy Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that I think that's where I would definitely want to talk to one of those uh, folks who's an expert there because still that kid's still going to want to do certain things, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't take away certain desires or experiences from folks. But like you said, those are things that can potentially stick with you. And like as you're getting older or, or maybe in that moment, the way you're being taught, um, something can click for you or you do understand or you're at least open to understanding and listening and it's a better relationship than feeling like somebody's just telling you no or you don't know what's going on or like, okay, you're always telling me what to do. Um, setting kind of like a different type of vibe into the relationship. Yeah. So um, take some time this week. Notice how you're using your words. Notice if you see any of that lack, any minimizing, um, any self-deprecation, like any of these things, hit us at Carly's Couch on all the platforms. Let us know, you know, what you're kind of working on and focusing on this week. And I would also say if you um, are listening to other people, because sometimes it's easy to hear it with other folks, like if it's somebody you feel comfortable with, um, start try to hear it in other people as well. I think sometimes it's easier that way uh, to hear what other people are saying and then recognize like, oh, do I say that too? Or I've said that or I've acted like that. That's how that feels. That's how that looks. Um, so pay attention also to other people's speech as well. Yeah, and send this to someone. Um, you know, if you have that relationship, send it to them. Let them know to work on their language. I love that I'm in a place where all my friends know, you know, who I'm trying to be and my idealized self and kind of catch me mm-hmm. whenever I'm minimizing myself, my business, what's going on or any of that stuff. So, you know, let's all level up together. Mm-hmm. And then the question of the week um, comes from Like You Cards, which are from Kiara Imani. She was on a couple of episodes recently. Um, she has a book dropping in August, but she has these cards that are like a question game um, between friends. And I was laughing at a reel they had that came out with this question. If you came with a warning label, what would it say? Um, my warning label would say something to the effect of... Um, Give it time to open up. Something like that. Oh, I like that. Makes me think of like a flower. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Give it time. Um, mine was funny. Mine was going to say, uh, warning, short stories, or let me tell you something real quick, is never quick. And <laughs> we'll give you the entire background of things you did not need to know for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, <that> accurate. <laughs> um, true. Yeah, true. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for our 200th episode um we hope that you will continue to vibe with this for many more episodes to come please share the podcast give us a five star give us um a review leave a comment ask a question hit us up on social and we will see you next week y'all can leave us voicemails too bye y'all